0: Um, and then it says, and we spent a long time on this. What no one say when he is tempted? I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and He Himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Remember, we talked about this. God is not going to tempt you. Okay? Don't ever believe that when you have problems in your life, that it is that is God. Specifically saying, I'm trying to entice you to sin. God does not do that. Okay, that is not God's realm. Um, Ultimately, if God has complete control of everything, it does mean that he has to allow things, yes? Like we can't say God controls everything and then see that there is a temptation to sin in your life that God is otherwise permitting. Okay, or like we have to believe that. He is otherwise allowing it. That is a a nature of choice, guys. Um, If God created the world and he said, you must believe in me and you must do everything I have do you know what that that leaves out completely in your relationship with God yeah free will ultimately pointing to love choice okay if I if I, so what would you call it if I wanted to marry Amanda at the time her name was Amanda Baker and I said I want to marry her and so I put a blindfold on her I kidnap her I drag her into a church and the priest says uh, hey do you want to marry this man and I go yeah she definitely does yes I love him Okay. Would you say that she loves me? No. Is that really love when she didn't have even though we look we're married, okay? Cuz I said, "Yes, I love him." And she believed and The guy believed it, okay? But would we be married? Sure, would we love each other? No, because she didn't have a choice, right? When God looks out here in the, in the in the room, he says, "Look, I want a relationship with you. I love you. I want you to love me." If he were to take you and force you and say, "I will dictate everything that you do to make sure that you always do the right thing." You would have an interaction with God, wouldn't you? Because He could force it. But would you love Him? No. He would just have forced you to do the thing. Does that make sense? And so, so yes, God does permit that. And God does permit kind of the evil that's in the world because a lot of that comes, where does it say, where does it come from? It comes from in here. And remember, the example we talked about last week was the M&Ms in the freezer, right? Okay. Are the M&Ms bad? Are M&Ms bad? No, M&Ms are good. You've had M&Ms. They're delicious. Okay. But you know, but when you're not supposed to have them, you're not supposed to eat them all the time. That thing within you that says, "Oh, but maybe I'll have one. Maybe I'll have one right now." And then what did that leave off? What did that lead to? Nothing. Bad things, right? Maybe I'll have one. Oh, maybe I'll sneak and go get one out. And maybe when someone asks me about it, I will do what? I'll lie. I'll tell them I didn't have one. And then when I get caught and it's perfectly clear that someone took it, I might I might not lie, or I might blame it on somebody else and say, well, I didn't do it. Someone else must have done it. And we said the way to hedge that off, which is the way that James says to hedge that off, is when that first thought pops into your mind, that thing that's in you that says, I'm going to do the thing that I know I shouldn't do, it's to call what out loud? Trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. This is a trap, right? And is it good enough to just put it in your mind? This isn't a scriptural thing. This is Pastor Ben telling you it's not you say it out loud, okay? That thing that pops in your mind that says, hey, I'm going to start a course of things that is that is going to lure and entice me to doing the wrong things, you call it out right away and you say, it's a trap. Now, you don't have to yell it if you don't want to. You can go, it's a trap. But there's a difference, and James is going to make this point over and over again, guys. There's a difference between what's in here and what you live out, what happens in your in your physical life. And so, don't let things just live in here, okay? They need to live in your physical life. So when it's a trap, we call it a trap. We say, it's a trap. Have you guys been doing that? Anybody doing that? I did that. It I did it this week. Yep. Jared's in, bite's in, food households got go run into traps There's all traps. over the place. There's a lot of traps here. Yeah. I text messages that's it. it's a trap to a couple people. Maybe kids talked about it a couple times. Yeah. It's trap. Don't here's the deal, don't let this go. Okay? We're gonna move on, cause but James doesn't expect that they're forgetting this type of thing, and we're not gonna forget it either, guys. Um, what James is, is trying to get us to make sure we recognize is that this stuff is within us. Okay? It all starts somewhere, and if you can recognize it for what it is and call it a trap, you cannot be lured and enticed. You know, who, you know who would always be upset if the natural world were to follow this correctly? Fishermen. Because fish would be flying, going like this, and then they'd see the hook, and they'd go, wait, wait, it's a trap. And then they would never bite the hook, and the guy in the boat would always be like, what is going on down there? And we'd be like, they'd be following Jesus. Okay. Because cause the fish would always go to the trap. But no, what does the fish do? He's like, hey, check that out. Worm, free worm. I know he belongs in the ground, but he's in the water. Maybe I'll dig on him. <laughs> and then he bites him, and then he's in the boat, and then we ate him for dinner. Lured, enticed, caught. Okay? The only way to hedge against it is you call it as a trap. And is it enough to do it on your own? Not my recommendation, guys. You're in a community of people. Okay? I don't care if it's parents. I don't care if it's brothers sisters. I don't care if it's a friend. If you're in youth group and you got a buddy. Okay? If you're running into traps and you're having trouble with them, okay? Don't just say it out loud to yourself. Tell somebody else. They can pray for you. They can, they can see. They can be part of your lives and they can see when it's going on and say, hey, buddy, I see that coming. It's a trap, okay? That's what we're here for, all right? I bet fewer people did that. I bet this week maybe we had some experience saying it's a trap to ourselves. I bet fewer of us reached out and say, look, I'm, I'm, I got a trap ahead of me. I need some help, okay? That is the next step, guys. Got to do it got to make it. You can't fight that on your own. That's why you have people around you. Layla. Did you? Good. Good job. Did it help? Nope. I remember you saying it out loud. I don't remember you asking for help, though. Either way, guys. Hey, uh, remember, I, we're talking. I use the M&M's. It's a nice kids example. We talked afterwards. Adults, you are not this is not exempted from this just because I used M&M's. One, M&M's are probably also an issue. Okay. But two, Okay, being in right community, using your community well to help guard against traps, super important. Okay, it's what keeps us from baiting books. Okay, and ended up in a boat and eat for dinner. All right, good. And then we said, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. We said the cool thing, reminder about God, is that in the nature of shadows, if there's, let's say, a candle or a light bulb, right? Depending on where you go, the shadow can be different, okay? Or the light can flicker and it can create... They wouldn't have the concept of light bulb. They'd be thinking candles, right? And the constantly flickering and changing, okay? But God isn't like that. He's the same all the time. We don't have to worry about things changing, okay? And so he will always give good and perfect gifts, okay? He will always provide those to you and he will always be looking out for your good, okay? And we can have confidence in that. And ultimately, this goes back to the thing James has already talked about. Are we trusting God's character, do we trust not only who he is, but that he will do what he says he will do? And that when he says to be like him or to be like Jesus, is that always the right course? Yeah? Is it always the right course? Is, is he ever going to send you away and say, yes, be like Jesus, and it's going to ultimately fail you? No. No. Is it from a member? We were, we we're talking two worlds here. That's that double-minded thing. Is it possible that God can have you do something and the rest of the world will look at you and go, failure. Something is failing about that guy's life or that girl's life. Yeah, they could. But remember, Jesus he deals in that upside-down world. He says, no, I ultimately know what's right. And so we're going to look at it through my lens. That's how the lowly person can be given a crown of life, can be exalted. Okay, That's how people who sacrifice, okay, who give up things like wealth or in service of other people with their wealth or with their time or with their effort, okay? It's how those people can be lifted up, even though there might be another guy who's got a lot of time, a lot of wealth, who's like, hey, man, why are they giving that stuff away? We worked hard for all that stuff. And Jesus is going, yeah, we live in a different kingdom. But ultimately, who's probably right? The comments from the guy over here or from the guy who made everything? Yeah, I feel like Jesus got a handle on this, right? And so we're, we're ultimately agreeing that his perspective is good and that ours is flawed. And so we're always trying to bend to his perspective. How do we know God's perspective? You can yeah, you can pray and ask God for help to see it. What else? Ah, very good. Asher's favorite. Okay, six hours a day studying the scriptures. <laughs> <That a wish>. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, here's the thing. God gave this as a gift, guys. We say, what does God think? Great. I can check and examples of what has gone on when man thought he had this thing under control, and then ultimately what happened. Yes, we have it. Okay. We read this because it has the thing that tells us, hey, what, what is God's character actually like? What does it look like to follow that? Okay? That's why we read. That's why we study. That's why it's here. Okay? Um, yeah, and then uh, we said pray, and we said we can read the scripture. Okay, good. Um, you can also use, again, community around you. God might be working with them. That's why we do the share weeks, guys. I Remember, I learned from you during the share weeks. Okay? God uses you to teach me. That's awesome. All right, good. Um, and then it says, oh, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. All right, now, into what we're studying this week. We're trying to finish chapter one. It says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So, yes? We, um, we were talking about the using that God was slow to anger. God is slow to anger. That's right. That's right. But when it gets there, <laughs> lucky for all of <laughs> uh, Yeah, we're going to talk about God's character and anger versus our character and anger here in just a second. That's a good call, Leah. Okay, so first it says, know this, my beloved brothers. Um, uh, that know, that know this, my beloved brothers is like one word in the Greek and it's like, a, think of the word know with an exclamation point. Like, know it. Know this. It's like a, it's an emphatic thing. Okay, let every person be quick to hear Slow to speak and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Um, so he says, "Quick to hear, or quick to listen." Okay. Um, can you listen when you're talking? No. No. Hey, Leila. Tell me about your morning so far. Go ahead. Just, get, just start talking. Tell us about your morning. It's a trap. <laughs> hey. Guessman for the win. You have been helped by your community. Congratulations. <laughs> He's right. I was just gonna talk over <laughs> Hey, your community loves you. Good job. You should, that was the right answer. You're gonna be like, no, it's a trap. I'm not baiting you. See, you were thinking about it and you're thinking, well, what am I gonna do when you just call it a trap? It's a trap. what it is. I know what. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't lit so if you're gonna be quick to listen, okay, you can't be talking. You can't be speaking all the time. The point is to say that How can I rightly understand the world around me? What's going on with other people or understand a situation well if I'm speaking about it already, okay? It means take it in, okay? You probably know people like this or you are this, okay? Something goes on and your immediate reaction is flapping your jabba. You're going to start talking about it right away. Shh, take it in, okay? You got to digest it. You got to take it in, okay? And it says slow to speak and slow to anger, Okay, which means you're, you're kind of going to be slow to speak if you're quick to listen. Okay? Um, I will. Hey, kids, check this out. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you out with this. Okay, the Lord's in, in on it for you. Okay? Sometimes, from a parenting perspective, we just want stuff to stop. We want this loudness to stop, this arguing to stop, this situation to go away. Okay? And so sometimes we're quick to speak. Okay? We don't want to listen. Now say, hey, that is your parents' prerogative, by the way, because they know you. They've seen you act. They don't want to hear your stories all the time. You are probably in the wrong. All right. However, it is our greatest opportunity to learn patience, to listen. Okay? Because how can we rightly help with the situation if we don't know what it is? Okay? How can we we hear what's going on when we are too quick to speak? Um, Now, your turn. With your siblings, probably. Most definitely. I... I'm pretty confident we don't do a lot of slow, slow to speak, quick to listen, right? It's not not slow to anger either, right? Like as soon as you, here's here's what happens, guys. We think we know. This is the risk. We think that we know. And so as soon as someone starts talking about something, our mind goes, I already know what's going on here. I understand it. Okay. Or I know how this person behaves. I know my sister. I know my brother. I know what they do. And so they're going to say, hey, I accidentally stopped. No, you didn't. You were irresponsible with it. You broke my thing. Yeah. Cause you know that you like, I know you, I've met you. I know that's the case. Here's the thing. When we do that, we don't give people room to change. Right? One of the benefits of changing, like let's say, hey, look, I want you to be more responsible. Let's say say you have a brother or sister that borrows a toy, that uses your toys. Okay? Or uses something of yours. And, they, and they're constantly breaking stuff. All right? What, what happens? Do, they, do you yell at them? Probably. You say, hey, stop breaking my stuff. Be more careful with my stuff. Okay? So, what happens if they actually listen to you and they actually start doing the right thing? Right? They take more care of it. But you still believe that they're irresponsible. Do they get any benefit from listening to you and doing the thing that you wanted? No. So when we are quick to speak, okay, um, when we we are not quick to listen, we are slow to listen, we don't give people room to grow and change. And that defeats the purpose. We want them to change, but we don't allow them the ability or get the benefit from changing. Does that make sense to you guys? Okay, this is probably this is back to everybody conversation. We have to give people room to change. All right. Now, it doesn't mean that people won't continue to do the same things over and over again, and that we, yes, that is a reality in your lives for kids and for adults. Yes. But if you do not give a people a chance to be able to act differently and for allow for allow them to change your mind and change your experience with them, it will never change, even if they change their behavior because you were so sure that that's how they were going to act. Okay. So that's part of the part of the benefits is we are. Slow to speak. Okay, we're quick to listen. We're going to take it in. We're going to give people a chance to see what their situation is. Okay, and see if things need to change with it, or see see if things have changed. Okay, um, and then it says, "Slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God." Now, when we're talking about anger, what do we mean? What does it usually mean, Layla? Yeah. What is, when we say someone's angry, what do we, what, it can be a couple different things. What might we see with anger? What do people do when they're angry? They fight. They fight. Like fisticuffs? Yeah. Like violence. It later says goes immediately to physical violence. They might be throwing punches, kicking, biting if you're in the guestman household. <laughs> Sure. Harper laughing. I was <laughs> <Harper laughs> like, you know, I've been a man just yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Served it, too. <laughs> Studying the scripture for That's six hours. I think is. not. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, okay, it could be physical violence. could be what else? When people are angry, how do you know they're angry? Yeah. Oh, yelling. Raising your voices, right? I am angry. Okay? Wait, so here's the deal. The worst is the, like, really, really quiet anger. Yep. Yeah. When you know, like, uh, there's a couple route, right? So anger. Um, there's neither one of those is holy. Just so we know, it's not more holy to to like say, well, at least I don't go. You guys are in so much trouble. I'm so very mad. It's not any better to be like, you guys are in so much trouble. I'm so very mad. Okay, your volume is not a measure of your righteousness in this situation. <laughs> okay, it's the thing behind it. It's the anger that's. That's behind it, okay? Okay, um, and so I, I want you to think about, it. does God ever get angry? Yeah, Yeah, we do not worship a God who does not get angry. Um, we don't worship a God who says there aren't consequences to things. That's the reality. That's the truth, okay? Um, but what what happens is sometimes our anger is, in fact, often our anger is misplaced. Here's, here's see if you recognize this about how you get angry and like... Um, Again kids this is for you too like I've seen most of you angry at some point or another so I want you, I want you to listen okay um, things that, that are a problem with with our anger it says the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God it does not reveal rightly God's character or keep us in right relationship with God okay and so here's what what happens your anger is is usually um, it's unsatisfying. Have you guys ever got mad at someone and it not make you feel any better? Yeah, yeah. yeah quite a bit. That's generally how you know that your anger is probably not God's anger. You got really upset and then like right after you felt no peace. You felt no... It didn't make you feel any better. Okay? It didn't... Does It didn't solve your problem. didn't make your relationship with somebody else better. Okay? If it's unsatisfying, it's probably not righteous. Okay? Okay? And it tends to be unsatisfying because it actually doesn't solve problems. Ultimately, guys, we want peace. We want good things between... Of parents and kids, and then and, and and marriages and siblings, okay. We want all that stuff, and you get so mad, and it doesn't help you get anywhere. Um, it's probably not, it's probably a human anger if it's unsatisfying. Yeah, because when like when I get angry at Emma or something, or Arlen, yep. I get super angry, and then I think, Oh, Yes, you, right? You're right, you got jazzed up about something, you yelled at them, and you look at them, yeah. and like, Well, shoot, that didn't that didn't help, and like they're not, they don't love me anymore, and, and then they just walk that's right. That's right. So if it's unsatisfying. So like, here's the thing, guys. I guess that the point of that is to say oftentimes when we get angry, we raise our voice or, or keep our voice in like this. like I'm getting so mad. I'm going to bite someone. Okay. Um, when we're doing that kind of thing, sometimes we feel like, hey, this will this will help. This will help. by just kind of exploding on someone and it almost never does. Sometimes you need an outlet. Okay. Here's the deal. Sometimes you, got, you don't know what to do with your emotions and you just need to like yell. Just don't direct it at somebody. Okay? Go find something. Pick a pick like a bouncy ball in your house and said, You've bounced for the last time. Okay? I don't care. So it's it's not that you you don't sometimes you just don't know what to do with your emotions, guys, and that's okay, right? You can't have a solution for everything. right? But directing it at somebody else, okay, that that's the problem. So here's here's what you can do. I don't it doesn't have to be the bouncy ball. Pick a doll. Don't yell at the dog. The dog is fine, dog does good work. Okay? But so but don't direct it at somebody else. You don't have to go and look somebody in the eye and say, I am so mad at you. Okay? And when you go to yell at the bouncy ball, you don't have to say, I'm so mad at Layla. I will say, I am angry, and I know this. Okay? Just call the thing that you you own, okay? You know that you're angry, because right now at this point you don't know whether it's righteous or not. <laughs> okay? So at least say for what it is. I'm not gonna put the blame on Layla, I'm gonna say, look, I know that I'm mad right now. And I'm not sure whether it's me or whether it's Layla. I'm still sorting that out. But doggone, I'm mad. That's okay. That's okay. Anchor's not. It's not placed bad. You got to figure out where to land it. Go ahead, Ella. I mean, I I mean, if if the horse. Horses are nice. We don't. don't I mean, he also doesn't know. The horse is getting a lot of support here. I didn't think. (laughs) No, no. I will stand firm. Okay. Okay, um, other things, guys, human anger. Um, it tends to, um, we said it's unsatisfying. It lacks control, right? So God's, God's anger to be is, is still controlled anger. Times when God gets angry, like, he was pretty clear on things. Hey, don't do this. This is offensive to me. People did it, and they did it, and they did it, and he said, I'm patient, and they did it, and they did it, and, they did it, and he was forgiving, and they did it, and they did it, and they did it, and there came to a head, and God said, look, this is enough. This is harmful to you, and frankly, it's insulting me. And so the following things are going to happen in response to it. His anger is generally controlled. Okay? Um, If you feel like you're out of control, that's probably human anger. That's probably, that's not God. That's probably not righteous. Okay? I'm leaving open that there's a righteous anger here, guys. I'm just telling you, a lot of times we're not getting it. What we we look at as anger that might be beneficial isn't it. Okay? Um, It can also bring guilt. You ever had that? You got really angry with someone and then you felt super guilty about it later? Not only did it not solve your problem, but, like, you felt bad. You're like, dang. Sometimes you say or do things in anger that you normally wouldn't do. That's right. Hmm. And then I feel guilty about it afterwards. So what did it do, right? Instead of solving your problem. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It not only caused a problem between you and the person that you were angry at, but now you feel guilty, and now you feel like junk, and you were the one that was offended. It didn't even get you in a good spot, okay? And so, yeah, I know what you're thinking. You're like, how do I solve problems here? I, I only know what to do. <laughs> I just want to yell at someone. I want to tell them I'm, how I'm upset I am. And like, again, these things are okay, guys. It's okay to share, hey, I'm irritated right now. I say that a lot, actually. I use that phrase a lot. Hey, I'm, I'm irritated right now. And it could be because I had a long day at work or it could be because you irritate me. I'm not sure yet. But just know that this is happening <laughs> to me here. <laughs> okay? Um, just call... It's okay to call things what they are. But we got to figure out where we're going to go with them. Okay? Um... Uh, Oh, and I think, the, I think the, this, we talked about this already, but it often changes nothing. You see, I'm looking. I got, I got stuff written super small in the Bible because I, I don't bring other notes, right? So, sorry, I'm looking. So, it often changes nothing, okay? Let me ask you this. Do we think that God's anger changes something? Always. Always. God's, God's anger always changes. It always moves people forward. In fact, most of the time, the expressions of God's anger um, have, have been a, ultimately a call to repentance. Is to say, look, you're not listening to me. And, I, and I, I need you to change your behavior. You are harming yourselves. And so I will take a step to show you that you have, ang- in a way that you will understand that you have angered me. And then you will react in repentance. Okay. It makes me think of the Moses story where he got mad and struck the rock instead of what mm-hmm. he was supposed to do. That's right. Yeah. That's right. There's a story. So like you guys remember, like the, the people of God were being led by Moses through the desert. Okay. to Ultimately to freedom. And Moses gets irritated because they're pestering him. These people were terrible to Moses. They're always like pecking at him like, hey, it's better we should have died in Egypt or at least comfortable. Okay. There's no water here. There's no food. You're old. Like, what? they didn't say he was old. He was old. Though. So, so like they're, they're, they're kind of pecking at him. And Moses gets upset. He's like, fine. Whack. He whacks this rock that brings forth water. Now, were the people happy? Sure. They got the water. God was not because God told him how to handle the situation. And he didn't handle it. Ultimately, Moses is denied entry into this promised land that everyone else gets to go to for that problem. For that problem. Because he didn't handle things inconsistent with God's character when he was leading them. So, it's even if it produces something, because like a lot of times, it will produce what you want, right? Someone's irritating you and you raise your voice and you say, knock it off. Get away from me. Will they leave? Sure. And you're like, problem solved. But it doesn't, right? Like, it doesn't ultimately... Here's, here's where God is, is pestering his creatures. He says, look, we're going to get at the root of these things. I want you to actually solve problems, not just make symptoms go away. Okay? And, like, that's a lot of what human anger does. So, that's ultimately what he's getting at. He says, be, be careful. Be Listen. Take it in so you can make right decisions. Okay? That's going to be hard, guys. Take a beat. When you want to respond, um, even if you've been wrong. Even if you've been wrong, because this this isn't from the perspective of well, but what if I'm right? Then my anger is justified. It doesn't doesn't matter whether you're right, okay? You still have to handle yourself in a way that your the anger is what turns your rightness into wrongness. That happens. That actually is one of my biggest risks. Is I because I'm right all the time. That's the thing. I just know how to be right. Okay, I'm always right. Emma, looking at me. <laughs> okay, I'm not always. I'm obviously not always right. Me and Elena are right always. Okay. Yeah, going, yeah, yes, sir, uh, I hear. So, uh, my people, my she people just are here. Me at me. She goes, I'm right <laughs> yeah. So, here, but here's one of the problems, guys. You can be right and then still ultimately sin in your anger, trying to show that fact. Okay? And then, what is what has happened? You've turned something in which you were in right standing with God and it dragged you into being in wrong standing with God because of how you reacted to it. Okay? So, what does this mean? That means you're going to be quick to listen to the people who are wrong. Even if you know it. Hey wait, did that land? I want to make sure it landed. Okay? You are gonna be quick to listen even to people who are wrong. And you know they're wrong. And you're gonna be quiet. And you're gonna be quick to listen, and you're gonna be slow to speak, and you're not gonna let their their wrongness cause you to be angry. Okay? You are already in the right position here. There's no reason to let someone who is wrong cause you to now be in the wrong. Do we understand? These are very practical things. <laughs> All right, be very careful and listen. I re- like it, it's it's hard. It's easy when you're when you are wrong to like you, we recognize how we get angry because you're probably embarrassed and you're probably guilty and whatever. When you are right, this becomes harder. And this is where this is where that parenting thing comes in. Your parents are right almost always, almost always. Okay, they're probably right, but we got to be careful on being quick to listen. Okay, and not be brought into wrong anger simply because we were right and you're being stubborn on the wrong end of it. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Holy cats. There's a lot going on in there. Let's let's see if we can get the broad broad notion here. Okay. Um, therefore, or because of. Being quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Okay, put it away means cast it off. It's the same. Do you guys remember when um, um, they were gonna stone Stephen, and it gave you the sense that like they were taking off their coats? Okay, so that's not just that's that's that same word here. Means means cast off or put away. They're not just like hey, taking off the old overcoat just so I can catch a breeze. They're getting ready to do something. Okay, it's a a word of action that says I'm taking off my coat because stuff is going to happen. All right. And so when it says put away or cast off all filthiness and rampant wickedness, if we can put all this stuff together, it says, look, we're going to actively cast away or toss aside those things that bring kind of this wickedness and evil into our lives. The the saying that's a trap. Okay, we're going to cast it away and we're going to sit and wait in preparation in all humility and meekness for what God will provide. That's the, when we say the implanted word, so what do, you, what, what do you guys think of the word implanted? What does that remind you of? It's got the word in it. planting, right? So like implanted means it was taken outside of something and then put in. Okay? So when you plant, right, you take a seed and then you put it into the, put it into the ground. And then we say that seed has been implanted. Does that make sense? Okay? So, um, for us, the word, and when we say the word here, what we mean is, okay, basically the, the broad truth of God as revealed through Scripture and Jesus, okay? So that implant, the word that has been given to us as a gift and planted inside us, okay? How can you receive that if you are not humble, if you don't say, I need it? Oh, does that make, do you guys understand? The word, one person. <laughs> okay. Okay. When we say the word is implanted in us, it means that it's not within us. Because we are, James already said, what's in us? The desire to what? Eat the imminent. Right? The the, the sin, the thing that serves us. Right? The thing that doesn't serve God, the thing that serves us. Okay? So, implanted means something that God has given us and he puts inside us. Great. Okay? But he says that you are going to um, get it with meekness, with humility, which is able to save your souls. Here's the thing, guys. God has true things that he's communicated through scripture that he's given, otherwise given to us through the example of Jesus. He's got those things. Um, you will not receive them if you think you don't need them. So when when he calls us to be meek or to be have humility or be humble, what it means is, is this acknowledgement that says, I need this. I don't know everything. I need God to help me, to show me what it is I am to do or how I am to do it. Okay? Um, this happens um, sometimes. Sometimes like a guy like me will get up and say, hey, we need to act this way. We need to stop being angry. And if your first response is to say, yeah, I wish Ted was here to hear that because he's angry all the time. Ted could certainly benefit from hearing this discussion on anger. Ha <laughs> ha, Ted. Okay? If, you, if that's what you think, okay, I might submit to you that you are not receiving the truth of God with humility. Because the truth of God looks out and says, this is probably for me. I probably need whatever this is. It probably applies to me, and it says, "God, if I think this is not for me, show me where it's for me." Do you understand? That's humility. And so, sometimes when we read the Bible, guys, we'll get big buckets of things like wisdom and anger, and you're like, "Oh, good, I don't struggle with anger, no problem." I, frankly, I run the risk when it comes to anger. I don't get—I don't yell really, except to scare Layla every once in a while because Layla don't listen to me, and so you got to raise a voice, and she gets shook out of her mind, and then then she pays attention. Okay, but but I'm not even angry. I'm just raising my voice to get her to rise out of Layla. Okay? I don't I don't I'm not much of a yeller. Um, but that doesn't mean, and this is James kind of yelling talking to me, saying it doesn't mean that you're not holding anger. Okay, it doesn't mean that you're not overreacting. It doesn't mean that you're being quick to listen. Okay? I may be quick to cut somebody off because so I'm like, I already know what you think. I already know that it's wrong. I'm just not letting it in. Okay? So um, that's what he's saying. You cannot, ultimately, what see what it ties to, which is able to save your souls. You gotta be careful. Um because the connotation that we have in our time with both save and souls we should probably um, more closely render this to what they mean as rescue your lives okay it will rescue their lives that means you are in danger of not having your life rescued if you are not willing to receive what God is implanting what he is giving you and you are taken in with humility because if there's something where I says yes I need help here God help me and then sometimes where I say I don't need any help here I got this under control I reject what you're saying double-minded, right? Double-minded man says, I'll take what God gives me here and then I'll use my own wisdom over here. And remember, God's not about that. He's not doing it. He said, that's not how this trust, that's not how this faith thing works, okay? I can wrongly pursue my thing and say, God, I I want to do your thing. I can mistakenly believe this is what God wanted and learn from it. What I cannot do Is posture to God and say, yes, I want your blessing. I want your word. I want your truth when I want it and think it applies to me. But I've also decided that this group of things does not apply to you at all. I already got it and you're under control. I don't need your message here. I already know how to love and treat my kids. I don't need your interference with what I'm doing. Okay. I already know how to deal with people who disagree with me. I don't need you telling me what to do. That is not acceptable. That's God saying you don't. That's not you trusting in me. That's you saying your character is better than my character. And like it cannot be, guys. We cannot have a God that created the world and have His character, like your character, be better than His. Did you create a world recently? Okay, then. <laughs> right? Like, put it puts us in right perspective and says He must know. Either He's not real and we can do what we want, or He is real and He must know. Okay. There, there does, the, the middle ground that says, he, God's real, he created me, he, he saved me through Jesus Christ on the cross, but he probably does, is not well informed on in how I'm to treat my wife. Come on! It do not make any sense, guys. It doesn't make any sense. And so that's what he's saying here. It's like, ultimately, you are rescued. Your life is rescued by, by walking around in humility. Okay? Does this mean, this is the risk, um, what we're opening ourselves up for to be humble is opening ourselves up to God. It is not you opening yourselves up to every person in the world that gets to walk all over you and tell you how to act. Did they create the world? <laughs> okay then, <laughs> right? So this is not, when we say we're going to be humble, it says we are going to rightly understand that we need God. Not rightly understand that anybody gets to treat us however they want, anytime they want. That's not what God is saying. He's saying, trust me. In fact, he's saying, not don't trust them, okay? They wouldn't know. They didn't create the world either. Um, there is a middle ground, which is here, okay? Where I use my community, and God will use my community to help bring things into my life, and I will receive that because I trust that he will work through you, okay? Um, but that's that's what the confines of community, right? I know that. I tra- In fact, that's true for Christians, though. That doesn't have to just be here. I'm pretty much willing to, I'm open to hearing from God, from any Christian. Fantastic, okay? Um, however, that is not opening up to say anybody can treat me any way they want. It says, I am open to hearing what God has to say and, and having faith in that. Okay. that sermon you did once about... Um Turning the other cheek. Mm. And, yeah. yeah. And, in head. and sometimes and like here's the thing, guys. Um, sometimes what God will do is like it doesn't mean that we we act we act towards others in humility because we recognize that we are we are fallen and that they are likely the same. And so the the what we run a risk of is saying, well, I have I have been saved, my soul has been rescued by God, and I know all these things. It brings up arrogance. That's not permitted. We are not. We shouldn't be arrogant. We're we are we are fortunate. That's right. We are we are blessed. We are fortunate because we have received the thing that God gave. If you are talking to somebody who hasn't done that, okay, they need it just like we needed it. Okay? And if you posture that you are better than them, that's arrogance and it doesn't make any sense at all because the only reason that you have what you have is because God gave it to you. And God wants them to have it too. And if you're not helping, then you're not doing what God has asked you to do. Okay? That's why there's never... It's, so it doesn't mean that we are... Um, We defer to other people. Okay, We will serve them, but we serve them because we want to and because God has called us to. And they might think that they are more powerful than us or they got one over on us. It's false. That's just what they think. They're wrong. But we're not going to get angry or argue about with them. We're just going to serve them because that's what God calls us to do because we agree with God and not them. Make sense? Yes? No? Good? You're fine. All right. But... Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is, is a hearer of the word and not a doer, check this example out. He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty or freedom, and perseveres being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. What's the whole point here? That's right. That's right. It's that thing we're talking about, guys. We take it in, we read, and we hear it. We, it goes in our minds, and then if it doesn't come out in what you do, it says you are, like, um, for in, let's see, not hearers, deceiving yourselves. And you're like, how could this, how does that even make sense, that you deceive yourself? Because, like, if I'm going to deceive someone, if I'm going to lie to them, I generally understand what I'm fooling them on. I'm like, hey, Harper, I got you a puppy. <laughs> right? And Harper goes, yay, I got a puppy. And, like, I know I lied and deceived Harper, okay? But, like, for me to deceive myself, like, Hey, Ben, you picked up a puppy. (laughs) Immediately, I should be like, Hey, man, no, I didn't pick up a puppy. What's going on here? It's a weird concept, right? To think you've deceived yourselves. But as much as I can't explain it logically, it happens all the time. (laughs) All the time. I can convince myself of ridiculous things. Hey, this will be fine. This is the right way to handle this. This is, and I know very well it's not. I got, I got this like a thing in my mind where I'm like, hey, I really want this, and I'm going to handle it this way, and it'll be okay, and my wife will be fine with it, or my kids will be fine with it, Or my boss will be fine with it. Like, um, let me see if I can Oh yeah. So, probably a month ago, I went home. I went home early from work. Like I left it like the middle of the day, and I came home, and I thought, this is going to be just fine. There's no, they don't. Nobody really cares. It's not going to be a problem. And here's the thing: they don't know. They don't have. They my boss doesn't have, or probably ultimately doesn't care. But the truth was, is like I actually had no reason to think that. It's just what I told myself so that I'd be comfortable leaving work early, okay? And so here's the thing: did I deceive myself? I mean, maybe I didn't check it through the right folks. I could have easily gone, "Hey, man, you mind if my boss? Hey, you mind if I head out?" And he'd been like, "Don't care. Do whatever you want." And then I'm perfectly fine. But I deceived myself into thinking no problem because I wouldn't ask. In fact, that's almost always, guys, when we don't check with things. When we we, we don't check with someone because we don't want an answer different than what we thought of. And so we deceive ourselves and go, oh, they would be fine with it. In fact, that's the key category. You put other people's reactions into the situation without checking. Oh, my mom would be fine with this. You ever been wrong about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh, this is going to be... J- and here's the deal. You knew that. I promise... You'll, you don't lie to yourselves. You knew it. You're like, this is actually a precarious situation. I should ask. But you think, but they might say something I don't want. So I'm just going to say that they're going to be fine with it. And then I'll deal with the consequences on the other side. That's called deceiving yourself. It's, it's telling yourself you got a puppy when you knew very well you didn't buy a puppy. And you're like, this does not make any sense. Agreed. But it happens all the time. Okay? And so James is warning. He's saying, look, you can't do it, guys. Don't deceive yourselves. Don't buy into that. Okay? Um. Hold on, I was gonna say something. Okay, go ahead. Arlo doesn't like oh, that. I was gonna ask something. Do I take him or you I don't know. It, sorry, I can't see you from over there. Oh, You're like a silhouette, so like yeah. if you're telling me things with your face, I can't see you. No. If you think he's happy, you're deceiving yourself. <laughs> 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 um, what I was thinking, though, with that. Um, you know, if you hear it, if you hear the word or you know what it is, you just don't act on it. Yeah, you're deceiving yourself. I feel like that, too, is like what gives, you know, gives other people who don't know Jesus like a bad taste for God. Because they'll look at us and be like, oh, hey, those foosts, they go to church, they say they love Jesus, but they don't act like it. Why do I want that? Right. that's, you know, that is a huge so actually, that's funny because he was talking about that um, in the very first, the opening of DC Talks once I Stumble, came into my brain. Yeah. Well, which is what I just looked up because I can't remember which song it was. It says, The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door in the back and by their lifestyle. Yep. That is what an unbelieving world simplifies the whole yeah. 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 And here's, here's. Number one reason for it? That's <laughs> And I, so I totally get that, right? Because if someone says, like, it would be like trying to convince the world that you had a puppy in your arms. Like, if I if I go out and say, look, there is a there is a Lord, there is a creator of the world, there is a Lord Jesus, and he says, this is how we are to be, and we're going to do our very best to be that, and your life doesn't reflect that at all, then they're going to say, then the thing's not true. Just like if I were to say, hey, look, I got a puppy in my arms, and they're like, dude, I don't see a puppy. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's one there. We look ridiculous, right? Don't, I would look ridiculous, wouldn't I? And that's what, that's what, from a Christian perspective, okay, although recognizing that we won't do it perfectly, to the extent, like, falling or failing and stumbling in the life following Jesus is still evidence that, that Jesus is Lord of your life. It just means that you are not Jesus. Okay? That We believe in both of those things. We agree that we're not Jesus, but we agree that we're going to follow in the best that we can, okay, with everything we got. And then sometimes sharing what you're struggling with, too. Yeah. You might be battling yeah. something, and like you said, share that... It's attracting right? Yeah, share it with your community and let them understand that you're struggling with this too. That's right. But you're choosing not to act on that. And you're choosing because you have Christ. So You're choosing Christ instead. Right. And even, and even in struggles like that, guys, people recognize that there's something about that relationship with God that you have. But to the extent that we say, yes, I totally believe this, and you should believe it too, and by the way, it has no effect on my life, how could that possibly be? How could there possibly be a creator of the world who has died so that you can, your soul can be rescued, your life can be rescued, and says, now I want you to be like me, and his people don't look like him at all, how could that possibly be? It can't. It can't be. That doesn't make any sense. And the break is either, again, God isn't who he says he is, or he didn't do the thing he said he did, or we don't believe it. Because if we believed it, it it changes our life. And so, like, it's calling us to a higher understanding of faith. Okay? And if there's a conviction in it for us, guys, is that, like, we should not settle for the mind, because God didn't die for your mind. He wanted all of you. And that's ultimately how what, what, what James is saying is like it doesn't make any sense. You cannot, you cannot look at your face in the mirror. This is, this is why this example is, is interesting. Is he says like you look intently at your face in the mirror and you're like, yes, I recognize this. Okay, And then you walk away and it's gone. Like that didn't actually change what you know. And so he's, he's saying like when you intently look into the truth of God, if you, if you actually take it in and you, it becomes part of you, Okay? Then it changes ultimately what you do. It's expressed in your life. It's not just simply forgotten. And like the mirror thing's interesting um, because, like, we think, we think mirrors, right? Like, we think the mirrors that we have, back when this was written, they didn't have that. Okay, well, they're probably talking a polished piece of metal. Most people in, in James' time had no idea what their natural face looked like. Isn't that weird? Like, we have mirrors and we have pictures. Okay, all over the place. We can see who we are. Like, we, I, I have a rough idea what my face is. OK, but like most of those people do not have a very good idea what their face is. And so they're actually likely to spend a long time checking it out. Hey, it's all right in there. <laughs> all right. Like they're like, looking intently and then like it impacts what you what you do. Like um, think about uh, if I were to look at my face and I see this and I see I got stubble all over my face. And I think to myself, like and, and I know after looking at it, I should shave because my face is stubbly. And then I walk away and then like 30 minutes later. I don't remember. Like, it doesn't. It's, it's weird to think that like things would just be forgotten and go away. And that's what he's saying is like, if you hear this truth about Jesus, and we, we hear like the perfect, the good law of, that God gives on how to be, and we look at it and we're like, yeah, this is great. And then 30 minutes later we walk away and we're like, you know, I just don't remember any of that. Then we, miss, right, we missed it. We didn't benefit from the thing that we actually had a chance to look at later. You have to come in for dinner soon, and just keep playing and playing and playing until your mom has to come and get you. Isn't that kind of like that? Because like, I mean, like you know the right thing to do, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know the right thing, but you don't do it. That's right. But you just you just refuse. Yeah. yeah. That's right. I'm not. I'm just not gonna do this. Your willpower for yourself is not enough. You need to wait for somebody else to tell you, huh? <laughs> it's a trap, Leila. That's what it is. The moment you, you go out there and you're like, dude, if I stay out here, I know I'm going to stay out here longer than I should. I'm going to stay out here anyway. Crap. <laughs> Crap. I didn't say I did that. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> Hypothetically, hypothetical. hypothetical. some random person. I'll play outside. I understand. I have a friend. <laughs> I know, I understand. I had an experience with a child of mine named (laughs) Mela. And my friend's dad is slow to anger. (laughs) Okay. Um, And so it says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, um, what does liberty mean? Freedom. Yeah. The law of freedom that creates freedom, the law that provides liberation, okay? And perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So when he says when he looks into the perfect law, again, what's he talking about? What's the perfect law? If you, you know, oh, you're just waving. Right on. Okay. Because here's the, if he says we're supposed to be able to look into it and persevere and being no hearer who forgets what to do her acts, we will be blessed. What am I looking at? What's the perfect law? Emma yeah God's law what do we mean by God's law? The Bible. Ah the Bible for us actually it's the whole Bible that's for that's us For them they're looking at the, they're looking at the Old Testament and the life of Jesus basically the revealed truth of God okay the true things of God that otherwise govern your life and should impact what you do okay that's what they're talking about but it says you look into it you like the mirror you peer into it and you keep peering so that you know your own face. You keep looking, you keep reading the Bible, we keep praying, we keep studying, so that we can know the true character of God, so that we can persevere in consistency with it, okay? And ultimately be blessed in his doing. Ooh, that was interesting though. Did he just say, we read the, like we read it, we take it in and then we are blessed? He said blessed in, in his doing. Blessed in his doing. Ooh, that's interesting. We've been talking about that, have we not? That oftentimes the thing that God says he's, he's you'll find blessing in, okay, you get by persevering, by being faithful to his character. So what we can't expect is that like we will know all these things, we shall sit upon chair and be blessed. That isn't how it works. You are blessed in your doing. As we are faithful to the character of God and continue to do these things, that's where you find the blessings. And oftentimes, guys, like we, we talk about, like when you, there is a great joy in helping someone know Jesus who didn't know him. There's a great joy in it. There's a great joy in being able to help people who know Jesus this much open up more and more of their lives to know him deeper and deeper. There's a great joy in that. I have been very blessed to be part of some of that. Those were blessings I would not get if I did not share the gospel with, with other people so that they might know him, and if I did not spend the time it takes to help disciple people so that they can grow deeper. They're simply not on the table, guys. The blessing comes with the doing, right? God knows you live a physical life. He came and lived and died on the cross in a physical world. Okay, yes, you are blessed for having known God. You could meet Jesus and like a, a, agree that He is a good God and that He died for your sins and that you were a sinner that needed it and could die directly. And yes, you would live with, eternally with Jesus. That's great. But like, there are there's blessing in this world right now as being a faithful follower of Jesus, even if you're living upside down and even everyone else says you're crazy. But you don't get them sitting on your bum, looking around and saying, I sure know a lot of scripture. God's word is living and active. He expects it to do something. And that's why Jesus, when we talk about the law, Jesus is the new law. We follow Jesus. Jesus walked. Jesus taught. Jesus served. Jesus sacrificed. Jesus died. There was blessing in that for Jesus. There's blessing in the actions for us. That's why it's not, guys, I love you. I love sitting here. I love teaching with you. It is not sufficient, even though this is my gig in the kingdom, is to teach. It is not sufficient that I know and pass on to you. I have to do. Not do because God will say, if you don't do, I'll chuck you out. Because you only got to heaven because of Jesus anyway. But he's saying, if you don't do, one, I'm not sure whether you actually believe it. And two, you're missing out on all the blessings of the kingdom sitting on behind. Do we stare intently into the word of God so that we may know his core character? Absolutely. It's awesome to study. It's awesome to know and learn and teach so that we know what to do and we get to be part of doing. What a cool thing, guys. Jesus dies on the cross and starts putting things to right. Everything that was broken about the world starts being put to right. And he says, you know what? You know who's going to do this with me? you are you're going to help put stuff to right because you're going to go tell people that things can be put to right and here's how it's going to work and to miss out on that the blessing of that and the cool work that goes with that that's a bummer we don't want to be part of a bummer okay we want to do that's why we do guys and so and the, the hardest problem is that sometimes we as Christians we backed away from doing because we said we don't want to make it look like we're earning our salvation we don't want to make it look like we're saying God here's what I did do you like it or do you not like it God loves you already that's done. Now he's saying, live fully. Live freely. Be part of the cool things that I got going on. Share the good news with people. Help bring them from knowing me this much to knowing this much. Help rescue their, help rescue their lives. That's what he's getting at here. If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. This is the last part of chapter one, so just hang with me, okay? So if you think you are religious and do not hold your tongue, bro- does it does not mean to bridle the tongue? That's it. What kind of image is that? Yeah, with a horse, right? You bridle the tongue, keep it from <laughs> wheeling around wherever it wants. He's going he's gonna to come back to this image again later in James, Okay. Okay? So they keep they keep that the bridle back and ultimately what does it mean? Like when you put a, when you put it in there, like the bit and everything in the horse, it means it can control where it goes. Right? Okay? Um similar to the anger conversation, it's but it's not just anger. Your tongue can get you in all kinds of trouble. Saying things that you shouldn't say. Okay? Speaking harsh words, speaking false words, okay? Talking about like talking about things that you shouldn't be talking about. That's not your business. Hello. Yes, that's right. Telling lies, hearing a hearing a joke that you know is not funny, or is that someone else's expenses and kind of sharing that, um, knowing that the guys there are certain words we don't use, right? There's just certain words that we don't say because they're not good words. There's certain topics that we don't talk about, especially like like you might talk about at home for in good reasons, but like you don't talk about them to everybody outside because they're not good things to talk about. Okay, hey, buddy. Um, So, but saying, you have to have control over that. It's taking control of your tongue. and just saying, I'm not going to say everything that I want to say. I know, right? He says, I'm "I'm not going to say everything I want to say. I can't just do whatever I want to do. Okay? So it says, if you are, if you um, do not bridle your tongue, but you say, I'm all right with Jesus, but I still kind of let everything fall out of my mouth. He's saying, look, I'm telling you, it's not good. It's not right. Okay, your religion is worthless. The thing that you say, blah, 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 that I do, thing that I say I believe, okay, but I don't do any of that, okay, it's worthless. It's worthless. I know, right? And then it says, but religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Okay, what does that mean? This, he actually brings almost everything we've talked about in the first chapter together here religion that is pure and undefiled belief system okay that is pure and undefiled before God is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained for the world why is it why did he no, is that everything do you think he's trying to say look you do two things totally fine no he's given examples but what do they mean ooh what does affliction mean Affliction. The like, like, bad situation. It sounds like um, like a, um. It sounds like fiction to me. Fiction. It's a lie. It sounds, like sounds like lies. It's, it's a Vis- fiction. Visit widows and orphans in their lies. Lies, I say. Lies. What does it mean to be affliction? To have affliction? To be afflicted? Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. A problem.
0: Or a conflict. problem. Troubles troubles okay so wait now listen so so follow what he's saying so now if we start wrapping all this up he's saying like what does it look like then if i if i'm trying to learn what not to do here okay and he uses god the father he uses father here specifically because the, god the father doesn't show up a ton in our old testament understanding of god except for when it comes to being a father to the fatherless helping widows and orphans then then the word god the father is a caring loving parent who comes in to assist shows up all over the place okay and so he says um if it's pure and undefiled before God is to visit orphans and widows in their affliction to go to them in their troubles. Now, do we think it means go there and kind of say hi? No, guys, it's it's always one step further than that. It's always one step further than it's giving of yourself and your time to help them. That's right. That's if you're just right. Saying hi like that's, you know, anybody can do that. That's not any bit of a commitment or you know, you're not making any sacrifice. That's right. That. That's right. Well, here's here's the interesting part. So, So he's saying like, this is what this looks like. Then we don't walk. We don't hear about widows and orphans and go, eh, tough for them. Or I'm praying for you. Okay, that's good. But like, he's trying to make connection, guys, that like sometimes you're the answer to prayer. Right? Like if you were praying, if you were praying for 50 widows and orphans and you're not doing anything with any of them physically, it's a trap it is it's a it's a lie it's it, it what if you've you've deceived yourself to saying i'm helping now yes there's a lot of things i say god i i've physically tried i can't help i can't do anything here i'm putting in this your hands i've given it a shot but i do that when i've tried and like the thing is that I, my whatever my efforts are doing are failing and then i say god i'm gonna have to give i needed your help then and i'm gonna have to give it over completely to you because i know that i can't do anything here okay and it doesn't mean you have the burden of everybody but what I'm saying is, like, we run into widows and orphans. We run into people that need help. And we're saying, I'm praying for all of them, and I'm helping none of them. It's a, it's a lie. It's a trap. Okay? It's a trap. And he says, to keep oneself unstained from the world. You know what the, you know what the quandary is? You guys know what the what, what a word quandary means? You know what the trouble is? Crux of the matter? The fulcrum of the teeter-totter? <laughs> okay? The thing that connects these two weirdly, okay, is that oftentimes... People are in really rough situations because they've been stained by the ills of the world. Okay? So they've gotten involved in things that were not... This is not always true, guys. But sometimes they've gotten involved in things that were not in the character of God. Maybe they're taking, maybe they're taking drugs, right? Or they're, they're involved in relationships or situations that don't honor God. And it gets them to be very, very rough circumstances. And God says, you're going in there. You're going in there to help says, but you come out and you handle yourself like I would in that situation. We've given It's a hard deal. Jesus knocks it out of the park. Perfect Jesus meets sinful world, somehow remains perfect, and then brings the sinful world up into his area and brings them closer to him. God says, I want you to go to places where sin is, where people are struggling, where there's trouble, because that's where they need Jesus, where the light needs to go. But you come out and your light should not be darkened by it. Okay? You don't pull in any of their sin with you. There's some things, guys, that, like, it's difficult. You have to, there's, some people go into situations where, like, you've got to pray them in. Because you're, like, they're going to get caught up in something nasty in here. Okay? But, like, you can't shine light in darkness without approaching darkness. You have to go in and do it. So those are the two things he calls out. Okay? He says, you are going to help, but you're going to come out and you're not going to be dragged into whatever the scenario that you're going in to help with is. Okay? And don't, don't misunderstand. That's hard. It's hard. That's why they're temptations. That's the trials and temptations to to do what God's character says to do as opposed to what you want to do or what you can be dragged in. That's the steadfastness. That's the perfection. That's the wisdom is to be able to do the work of God like God would in the situations where it's most needed, which the situations most needed are the ones where God is absent. Does that make sense? You guys got hard... It's a hard job. You guys have been called to a high calling. Crown of life. It's a high calling. You... Don't ever believe that you're not doing something very important in the world. It's extremely important in the world, what God has called us to do and what you guys are capable of doing through God. Don't ever wake up in the morning and think, oh, I'm just going to live my life today. You have such an important thing on your plate that God has given us the desire and the capability of doing. And it's hard. It's hard work, guys. But it's good work. It comes from the law of freedom, from joy. It's good. It's good it's a serious consequence ultimate consequence for you and for people you meet but it's awesome and God loves you and he will help you okay but you're so important all of you I don't care your age I don't care where you work I don't care what you do you are so important to what God has going on and that's why he wants you ready for it he doesn't want you hurt by it and he wants you emboldened for it and he wants to see it done because he loves everybody else too and he says I'm sending y'all out it's a lot of cool stuff here, guys. But like, that's that's all all the stuff that we do. It all comes together in this type of thing. What are we gonna do? What do we know about God? How do we live in reaction to that? How can we be faithful to that because we know He's right? How can we have true freedom? Things that we actually the core thing, what we actually want. How do we not get so angry with people for being so broken? It's all it's it's all it's all here. He's trying to help. Say, look, I know this interacts. I know. I know it sometimes all feels up here and then sometimes it feels like do this, do this, do this, do this. He goes, it comes together. I want you to see it. It's, it's not always so easy because we're humans and he's God and it takes a little work. But I think we're getting there, okay? Chapter one. James chapter one. Good job, you guys.